It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. This week, starring special guest star, Mr. Chuck Henry. Yeah. Woo! It's a lot of damn it. Um, I can't even reach in the shop to shake Chuck's hand. I'm sitting here on the floor in his studio uh, being the cameraman today. I hope you guys can hear me. Uh, we have to keep the volume on, the, the input level on the mic fairly, ooh, let me get the chat room open, um, fairly low so that uh, we don't blow ourselves up with the monitors, but at the same time we can hear Chuck. So hello everybody in the chat room. Good to see you guys. Um, I've known Chuck for, I don't know, 95. Really? Yeah. Wow, 20, 22 years? Oops. <laughs> I'm looking at your face. You do not look like I've known you for 20 years. You've aged well, Thank seriously. I can't believe it's been that long. Holy crap. That's when I first came over to um, Woodland Hills and we had that in the apartment there. Oh, that's right. And I signed up. Wow. I can't believe that, all these years. Uh, anyway, uh, Chuck was, you know, an early member, uh, and I've said on previous episodes of Taxi TV, uh, I met him, he was playing piano at a Nordstrom uh, underneath the escalator. They had like a little area with uh, Chuck sitting in a grand piano, and he would play beautiful music as people would walk around and shoplift. <laughs> it was shoplift. Oh, I saw that too. <laughs> music to shoplift yeah. by. Uh, Anyway, uh, he has done amazingly well for himself over the years uh, as a TV composer, uh, some stuff in films, um, got a record deal through Taxi. That label is defunct, but turned him on to another label. And he's just had an awesome career, and we couldn't be more proud of him. And maybe the thing that I'm most proud of is the fact that he was one of the earliest people in the community to kind of acknowledge that there is a community and to be generous about teaching other people what he knows. And uh, he's been a trailblazer. And, uh, you know, I, I can't even begin to think, not only has he had a gazillion placements, he's definitely mem a member of the very exclusive six-figure member club, but the stuff that he's taught people and shared with them, either on taxi TV episodes over the years or at the road rally or on panels uh, at the con convention or just hanging out with a glass of wine in the lobby with people. If you think about the trickle down effect of all the lives that you've touched and what they've learned, just what you probably think is casual, casual conversation, they probably run into the men's room and write it down on a notepad because you're dropping little gems on them, you know? I mean, the amount of lives that you have touched, Michael, this is like, oh my God, the amount of friends that you've made, lifelong friends from Taxi and well, the Well, let's not carried away. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, it's true, yeah. you know. It, I, I, you've given so many of us a, a career, too. I feel fortunate. How many people get to earn their living making friends, you know, where they can call their customers really, truly their friends. Mm -hmm. I feel very fortunate about that. And, uh, you know, at, at some point, someday I'm going to retire, hopefully not no. in the too near future. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to do this till I'm 80 years old. And, and I think about that, you know, what it will be like to um, 
on one hand, I'll be thrilled not to answer hundreds of emails you per go week. Fishing. Yeah, go fishing. <laughs> but on the other hand, it'll be weird to be you know, pretty extricated from the community, at least not be involved on a regular basis. So uh, anyway, but I'm, I'm glad that I've got guys like you and Stephen Baird and Matt Hurt and... Uh, Vanderbilt. Yeah, now, I mean, look at, you know, the youngsters coming up. I mean, Vanderbilt's a relatively short-time yeah. member compared to you. Um, and he's doing really well. Stephen Baird's only been around seven years, something like that. Uh, and it's funny how generational it's become. And it's not like the old guys are dying off. It's like uh, like a wedding cake, you know? Yeah, it's like Vanderbilt, when I met him at the rally, I think it might have been three years ago, he played me his stuff. And I was like, okay, well, no, do this and do that and don't do this. And I gave him a few pointers. Now his stuff, he's just, now he's, I hear his stuff, I'm like, why did you do this? <laughs> from him now. Uh, yeah, he's, he, he's dedicated and um, yeah, he wasn't going out partying the weekends. He had a full-time job teaching. He would work every bit of spare time he had. He'd be writing and learning and now he's able to quit his job and just do music full-time. Wow. I'm like, you got that. Out of a 10 by 14 tool shed in his backyard. Yeah. A really nice tool yeah. shed. Yeah, and a very simple studio. I mean, we actually just put out a, a new taxi ad. I don't even think it's shown up in any magazines yet, but we've sent it off to them. Uh, uh, Matt Vanderbilt's oh, studio. Yeah, he told me about that. Yeah, it's because it really makes a very key point, which is he's got a two-octave keyboard, an iMac, a fairly stock Two-octave iMac. keyboard? Yeah, his keyboard's only two feet wide. I, <laughs> I think it's literally two octaves. And uh, he's got two microphones. I think he's got a gauge and, and something mm -hmm. else. And uh, yet his stuff sounds totally pro. It sounds yeah. great. And it just goes to show it is the ear, not the gear. So anyway, today, what we're going to... Oh, I want to say before we get started... Um, can I give this? Uh, here, Chuck, can you hold up the signs? Because you're in the <laughs> shot and I'm not. So, Oh, yeah. That way? Uh, yeah. So uh, if you're watching this on YouTube later this week, make sure you subscribe in the lower right-hand corner, and please hit the like button because that makes YouTube like us even more, and we'd appreciate that. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> I'll say you get double scale for holding those. <laughs> you doing this one, too? Oh, yes. And, and don't you guys in the chat room let me forget last week i'm so sorry i forgot to give away a copy of robin frederick's book so my apologies for that and we will give one away this week so near the end of the show we'll do a drawing but i need you guys in the chat room to remind me because i'm so busy worrying about the technical aspects that i will forget so there Can you I have go. <laughs> thank you vanna <laughs> um, Let's see, uh, and I want to mention we've got next week, we're not doing a show because it's 4th of July on Tuesday, so we'll probably leave work early on Monday. I'd like the staff to start drinking early. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm only joking. Um, none of them have ever touched a drop of alcohol. And uh, Steve and Giles um, will be joining us on July 10th, and I'm excited about that. He's a great singer-songwriter. Um, did you know that Giles and Pedro Costa have actually made Write, Submit, Forget t-shirts? I saw them on Facebook. Yeah, and... Uh, I didn't know who made them, but... Yeah, they, they exist. You can buy them, oh, yeah. and uh, they're coming up in the Taxi Transmitter <laughs> newsletter, which I think comes out tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow night. 
Um, so we've got a link where people can go buy them. But uh, talk about crass commercialism. <laughs> <laughs> they took something as wholesome as rights of it, forget repeat, and turned it into a money-making enterprise. How dare they? Anyway, the shirts look great, and uh, I'm actually yeah, going cool. to break down and buy one because they're so cheap they haven't sent me a freebie yet. <laughs> I'm kidding, Pedro. Um, okay, so today's goal is we are going to have Chuck explain, do a complete <laughs> breakdown of uh, the hip-hop track, then he's going to do a, uh, a tension track, and then if we have time we'll do a, yet another hip-hop track. But especially on the first hip-hop track today, uh, Chuck is going to make an extra special point to lay out how he's putting the beat together. This is something that people have been saying to me for years at Taxi, which is we don't know we get frustrated, we drag a loop, I drag a loop, they drag a loop uh, in, into um, a channel on Pro Tools or whatever DAW they're using, and then they're stuck. They don't know how to do a complete drum arrangement. So Chuck is actually gonna explain step-by-step step how he builds a drum track and an arrangement with those drum tracks, um, kick drum, snare drum, hi-hat, whatever he's done, which is quite a bit on the track that he's got today, so that we can help people. I'm on a mission. Part of this year's Road Rally is going to be helping singer-songwriters with acoustic guitars that hear music on the radio and go, I could never do that. We want you to learn how to do that because it opens up a whole different world, you know? I mean, when I met Chuck, he was doing largely new age music and really hadn't started doing this stuff until somewhat later, right? Uh, like, I mean, like hip-hop and other... Yeah, uh, like, like we're in late 90s. All right, so you had a few years where you were doing mostly. Public. I was mostly when I first in '95. I was kind of like trying smooth jazz, yeah. type, new age um, uh, stuff with a lot of pads and pretty sounds, very relaxing. Yeah, just yeah. I was trying to get a label, a label deal doing smooth jazz. Um, I just didn't. I don't think I learned about all this stuff until like '99, yeah, like 2000. Did you ever know Terry Woolman, our screener? Did not. We had a, a smooth jazz screener named Terry Woolman. Hasn't worked for us now for several years because his career took off so much he didn't need to work for us. <laughs> uh, I should have introduced you to him a long time ago because you guys would have been a great collaboration together. He lives somewhere over on the west side. So if he ever shows up at a road rally, I'll make the introduction. Would he play guitar or something? Yeah, yeah. He's as good on guitar as you are on keyboards. I think you guys would play well together and in a similar bag. And he knows, like, Dave Cos, all those guys are all friends of his. So, uh -huh. yeah. A little networking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So why don't you take over um, and, and start explaining. Tell us, uh, first well, of all, we... what's the title of what you're... Do you have a title on this track yet or no? What the hell did I call this one? Um, I had a funny name. Uh, I don't even remember. It'll, it'll come to me in a minute. Just, all right. Should I just play it from the beginning, and then we'll just break it down afterwards? Yeah, and can you guys uh, in the chat room let me know that you can if hear it's... okay um, after we run a little bit of music? I want to make sure we've got a relatively decent balance between the music and, the, and Chuck's voice. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, play the whole track. It's only about a minute and a half, so it's not too long. It's not too long.
about the drums tell us break it down literally do you start with drums or do you start with a click and then lay music in and then add the drums later what's your first element well like we were talking about before I never have any kind of outline or anything when I start a track I'm just sort of like all right I'll go uh, 75 and I'll pick out a key uh, this one I think was a flat minor um, I guess with hip-hop you usually kind of start with the beat pretty much first drums and then add the music later which is what I did on this one mostly and you're not using a canned beat you can actually you know what a hip-hop beat should be constructed yeah okay uh, um, and like you talked about people just dragging and dropping loops that go for the entire song um, that's gonna get old if you have yeah. the same thing the whole way through there's no it's just like that level if you have an arrangement you add layers, subtract layers, and make an arrangement, that's what makes it musical. So, I guess with hip-hop or a lot of that type of music, the main things are with the drum beat is a kick and the snare. So I start with, the, with a kick beat, which is right here. And where did you find that kick beat? Well, made it. It's just uh, found the sound. And I kind of chopped it up and made the beat that I wanted. Okay. And then had a little bit of a snare. So right now the snare is only on beat four, but you can have it on two and four. So I added one on two and four. And combined with the one on four, sounds kind of cool because you get a more emphasis on four. So that's basically the skeleton so far. Uh, then, let's see what else I do. I did. Um, started adding, let's see, I'll find these right here. So again, remember, I'm, I'm doing this largely for the benefit of people that are singer-songwriter types that hear stuff on the radio and go, 
I couldn't do EDM, I don't want to do EDM, um, or I don't know how to do hip hop. And the one thing I keep hearing from our members is building beats is problematic. They're intimidated by it. So just saying that for the benefit of new people that have joined us on the show. Um, okay, so you, you grabbed a, a kick sound, um, you got it from a library, and then altered it, seasoned it to taste it, mm -hmm. as it were. And then added the snare. Now, does the snare is the snare something that came from the same library of sounds, or I have really an arsenal of sounds that I just randomly go and I'll pick a boulder and lightly try. Oh, that sounds good, and use it. I so can't. you just literally sit there with like a hundred st snares staring you in the face and go, no, no, no. Ooh, cool. Yeah, basically. Okay. You know, I don't spend a lot of time on it. I'm not going to sit there and audition, you know, 40 different snares and I keep going back and then, you know, making it lower. Like, oh, I'll pick 20 out of that and I don't have time for that. Just so pick you one just pick something that's something reasonably that, close because you can always alter it later? The first one is like, hmm, that's good. I use it. All right, cool. And use the other cool ones later on something else. But if you sit there and you deliberate on sounds, you'll, one, never get the track done. And, uh... Too, it just starts to sound contrived if you try to think too much. Don't overthink. Overthinking is bad. <laughs> it makes sense, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, well said that if you sit there uh, auditioning 40 things by the time you finish auditioning, you probably wouldn't end up. And your ears are fried anyway. Yeah. All right, good. I like it. Then I see I start adding claps. This is also kind of a hip-hop trap song, so it's very hip-hop trappy. Uh, reverse hi-hat. And then I put these uh, kind of cool trap snares on it, along with it. Every uh, second measure. So let's go back to the beginning where we were and add those in. Let's see what we got. The next big thing is hi-hats, which is very big in this kind of music. So, and I didn't bring those in until uh, bar five, which is like the second verse. Okay. So you just gradually add layers. You have, like I said, you have step in the whole way through the song. And it's all about layering. Yeah. So let's start one. Mm, measure before my hat's gonna be in here. So it's starting to take shape. Yeah, how do you know when you've got enough or you've gone too far? Uh, and well, That's a good question. Um, when it just, I just mess with it for a long time, and eventually it gets to where I guess I like it. I don't know. That's when you were starting out and you weren't this adept. Because now, I mean, you've got like a library of stuff <laughs> in your head. You know what I mean? This has got to be like riding a bike for you. So when you were first starting out, uh, would you 
labor over these decisions and, and you know what do I have do I have the hi hat doing eights or, or quarters? Um, with, were those bigger decisions and yeah. harder to come by then? I say so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Just doing production. Um, another big thing in this type of music is the 808 kick. Which yeah, everybody's sometimes, heard about the 808 kick. A lot of people who are in acoustic guitar land don't know what that is, so can you explain it? That came from the Roland 808, which was back in the 80s, wasn't it? I believe, yeah. Probably like late Sweet. 80s, yeah. Mid 80s. It was one of the first drum machines. Yeah, oh, that's right. And for some reason, that bented sound is uh, still hugely popular today. Like those hi hats are, are from the 808. Wow. An old, like the oldest drum machine in the world, those sounds are still being used. Uh, is it an exaggeration to say probably 30% of all hip-hop has 808 components oh, yeah. in it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. well, the 808 drums can also a lot of times double as a bass. So let's add those in. that I made that happened every now and then. Here's one of them. This here's a total 808 sound. That snare. You hear that all the time, yeah. So is there a library of those fills and you go pull them out or do you actually manufacture Both. the fills? Both. Yeah. Okay. So I sort of just chop them up and to make my own stuff. So how does somebody transition from being an acoustic guitar, 4-4, strummy, I love you so much kind of songwriter <laughs> to learning about what the, you know, you could sound, it'd be very easy to sound inauthentic making these beats. How do you learn to make them authentically enough that it doesn't sound... Listen. Okay. Listen a lot and compare it to what's being used whether it's on the radio or, or TV. And uh, if your stuff, you know, A and B, and it starts to match up, then you're good. I guess but you can it always takes, go back. Just learn by doing it. It takes, doesn't happen overnight. I, people want it to. Well, I know, yeah. <laughs> people used to ask me to teach them piano lessons and they wanted to learn like that. They want to practice and put the time into it. Yeah. Well, one person asked me one time, I was at Norsham, and they go, do you teach piano lessons? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I do. Do I need a piano or a keyboard to learn? I'm like, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. I want to so, be a fighter pilot. Do I need a jet? <laughs> all right, uh, scoot back in the frame. I'm getting okay. off of your head there. Uh, all right, so now we've got uh, the kick, the snare, the hi-hat, some turnarounds, yeah. and a bass part. And then another thing that I like to do is use loops to mix in with the program drums. For instance, in verse three, to beef it up and start building and making it more fuller and fatter, I found this little cool loop here. That's that. And slowed it down because tempo was a lot faster. 
And I'll let you hear it when it comes in in verse 3. It sort of starts to beef up more. That's cool. Immediately adds, immediately adds a layer of audition. And more stuff. Yeah. Uh, so how do you get it for people who aren't that familiar with, with digital audio workstations or DAWs? How do you get that loop in there and then get it to line up with the original beat that you built? Uh, you have to have right plugins to do that, to uh, time compression, you know, to, to pitch change and, and I guess called time compression. Like this, that one was at, see this track is at 75, I think that was like at 83 or something. So I mean, I use Waves plugins. Um, um, I do think like with Ableton, and that's what Steve uses, I think you just drag it in, it automatically fits to the tempo. That's cool. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Um, how long would you say if somebody started today and was willing to do two or three hours at night, several nights a week, and maybe eight hours in total over a weekend, is it something that's going to take them weeks? months or years to get to the point where they can produce pretty darn good stuff? It depends if they're musically inclined first. Um, I would hope they, so if they're trying if they're to be music. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Although I, hear, I do hear stuff on the radio where I wonder if anybody was musically inclined uh, that was involved in it. But okay, so yeah, yeah. let's assume that they're, again, that 4-4 four, four strumming acoustic guitar player, mm -hmm. so yeah, they understand melody and song construction stuff. Gosh, I don't know. I would say... These days, it is pretty easy with the technology that's available. Um, I, you know, I give them maybe they really work hard and learn their digital audio workstation. Maybe a couple months, and they might can start making. So that's not so some, bad. Because yeah. you know, I, I mean, I, I'm really on a mission to get people over this fear of production and. Uh, Two months to invest in something that could be a life-changing event? Yeah, and the ones like, like Logic comes with so many sounds and, and, and loops. Yeah. And you can just right out of the box make amazing music with that. Wow. That's right, like... Uh, Gina, what's her name? Uh, Gina Murphy, remember her? Um, kind of strawberry blonde hair, taxi member. I think she might still be. She now lives in LA. And I remember her going from transitioning from Garage Band to um, Logic. And she's like, oh my gosh, the learning curve was so hard. Now I hear people telling me Logic is not that hard. Which I've even heard now Garage Band has been updated and it's almost as good as Logic. I don't know. I haven't checked it out, but I've got the most recent version of Garage Band on my laptop, mm -hmm. and I opened it up like two months ago at home one night. I was shocked at how good. Oh my god! It it's amazing. Wow. I, I swear I could make a record on Garage Band. Jeez. Yeah. And that comes with an Apple computer. Yeah, yeah. free. It's, it's free. <laughs> yeah, it's so, mind blowing. It's all you need. And, Start and with you, it. You, you haven't used it. any outboard yet, right? Uh, I don't have any outboard. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to make the point for people that. Well, except the piano back there. Well, that's that doesn't count. That's you gotta have a keyboard. <laughs> but you know, I mean, he does have a rack of stuff, but it's like you that's know, all for show. That's what I used to use years ago. Yeah. And everyone else to put it, so I just put it there so it looks nice. He's got an emu uh, thing that takes a three and a half Remember inch this? floppy. Remember the? Oh yeah. Eight inch. Yeah. 
and Lisa's ADAP. And that's, you know, uh, you could make the argument that the Lisa's ADAP was kind of the, the genesis of mm -hmm. Taxi Beginning because as soon as I knew that a home studio was more than a TAC 4 track on quarter inch tape, and the ADAT with the Mackie 8 bus, I went, all right, that's going to change everything. And it did. So that really gave me the impetus to take the vision I already had and go forward with it because I was convinced that that technology would change everything. Yeah, so, I started a little cassette 4 track wow. years ago. <laughs> Jeez. It really has changed a lot. All right, so uh, are you done making the beaters or anything? No, no, there's more. There's more. All right. Um, let's see. They had this little loop at one point in there. This is a lot. By itself, it's like. Eh. But I heard it and like. So this comes in towards the end. I had to slow it down a bit, but it works. Alrighty, and then you gotta have symbols in there. I love symbols as well as reverse symbols. Let me put all these bad boys in. Oh God, there's a lot of them. So yeah, oh, there it is. So, uh, then you got the symbols. Alright, all through there. And reverse symbols like this one. Okay, let's see. Oh, and I like impacts. These things are always pretty cool to put in. What's that called? Impact. Okay. Usually in, in the sample libraries are referred to as impacts. But they work out really cool. Uh, there's one right here. Yeah. Um, there's actually two of them in here. I use this one as well. A big explosion. And at one point, even reversed it somewhere in the song. Hope they can hear that. Showing up on the meters. Can you guys hear that stuff? So that adds that sense of dynamics and forward mm -hmm. movement depending on where you put it in the arrangement. And I put both of those at the end, so you got these, these two big impacts right at the end. I see people talking in, in the chat room about, but I just don't know hip hop. And this could be any kind. Yeah, it could be hip hop. You know, any you said it before. Any you just have to listen. Mm -hmm. Just because you're not familiar with it yet doesn't mean you can't be familiar with it. I mean, it's using the same tools that you would use for pop or for rock, you know, I mean, to varying degrees. I mean, this is definitely more keyboard-based than rock just, might be more guitar-based. Still showing how you're adding some tracking layers and making an arrangement. It can be yeah. rock and do whatever. I think I'm going to do a, a thing in the ballroom this year at the Road Rally where we do nothing but just listen to cues. 
for the entire 90 minutes. I think people need to be immersed, and I'm going to probably pick three or four genres that are the most frequently requested, of which hip-hop would be one, EDM would be one, um, EDM-driven pop, uh, like party pop would be another one, and then... The big thing now is urban comedy. Yeah. Urban dramedy, too. That's, I've seen, like... Even dramedy, I've seen it, every week. There's like multiple listings on Taxi for that. Yeah, stuff. all the libraries it's just like, Pfft. yeah, they all want it because they use it in shows like you know mm-hmm. Housewives of this city or that city, or, <laughs> you know NFL or basket NBA Housewives, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, you know. It, I think people just need to be immersed in it and be familiar with the language of the industry they want to be in, the musical language and being able to identify genres. I drive my poor wife crazy at night watching TV, constantly pointing out genres and types of uses with her, but she knew nothing about this industry and I'll bet you that she could now tell you, oh, that's a background vocal use, that's a source, uh, a source cue, you know? So familiarity breeds success. All right, um, any other drums that you want to tell us about? These aren't really drums, but it kind of is part of that. I found this, these two cool sounds. This one, sort of a whatever. It's like a, oh, I've got that right here. Oh my God. It ain't working. Kind of a scratch. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a modified, updated, yeah. muchly improved scratch. <laughs> And then this, just a little. What would you call that? Oh, God. A sound effect. Okay. That was where I found it. I'm like, ooh, I could maybe use this. An electronic gecko. <laughs> yeah, I So I'll start in beat two, and I just interspersed throughout. It works. All throughout here, just every, but not that much. It's just right like every fourth bar here and there. So it's not like you have every. That is the secret. It's not having everything running at once. Exactly. It's bringing stuff in like here and like there. a conductor would conduct an orchestra. Okay, now you guys are in, and now mm-hmm. you guys are in. So I, you, I. I don't think I'm crazy in thinking you could literally call that a cue as it sits now. It would get used just because it's a cool beat. Could be, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, could, it could be a stem of a cue just without just right. bass and drums. They ask for that it, I mean, for, you know, where they need seven seconds of something, just mm-hmm. the drums alone would stand on their mm-hmm. own because they sound professional and, and musical. But there's more stuff. Yes, let's hear it. <laughs> okay. And then on the, kind of what you call the chorus, I'll put a bunch of other stuff in there. How many sections does this have? You know, like a song has this is, a, a verse, a, an intro, a verse, a chorus, a bridge. Uh, what does this have? Like an A and a B? Yeah, it's like there's verse first, whoops, and I called it a chorus. It's not really a chorus. I don't know what the hell it is. But it's a chorus and the build up and then verse three and verse four and that's it. It's okay. only, um, well, it's, uh, well, it's almost two minutes. Longer than I thought it was. <laughs> um, but anyways, on the course, I used uh, a few things here. There's one of my favorite uh, synths. It's called Nexus. Okay. Um, 
what do we have here? It's got like, on this particular sound I use. I could act like a cameraman. Get up off of it. Anyway, if you play, there's got stuff going in the upper register, the lower, so I put them both. It's kind of cool. But I'm not so you're not playing those notes. You're just holding a chord there, and it's yeah, like yeah. that's a pattern that's but already. But I like the bottom part here. And I was like, well, that could work. It's just a this in this one little section. If I do it, oh, it's like a wet mark. Can't use that one. <laughs> so I added that in this just in the chorus for four bars. decision-making based on familiarity because you've logged so many hours hearing these sounds uh, do you memorize where they are do you write down notes about where to go find them how do you know some of them I know where they are but a lot of times there's just so many there's no way to know what they what even have and I'm like oh, I'm going to treasure hunt here and see what I can find and does it suck a lot of time to search over and over each time or do you tend to use like the same 20 things most of the time and then add something new to throw salt or pepper in? No, I use new stuff. Okay. I can't use the same things over and over and then everything starts to sound the same. That's something I hear, a problem I hear with a lot of libraries that go back to the same composers over and over again. Certain libraries you pull up hip hop and you'll see three, four, five composers and almost everything in a certain genre is done by those guys and they all do sound very similar. They, I'm always pushing library owners Bring in some fresh meat, you know, they need to, just to keep the library happy. Uh, okay, so... Well, just a couple more things I added. On just this one four-bar part of the chorus. And it's, all this stuff is very percussive so far. Yeah. This comes from Massive, which I don't use that often, but... Oh, this I found, and just up here, it's like... Kind of gross. Like... Down here, it's kind of cool. Like, well, that'd be kind of cool for a semi melee. So, with all those new things in, you get this for the chorus. Adds a little, uh, little dirt to it, you know? It yeah. makes it feel more street. Huh? Less, less Oprah ish. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke for those of us who've been around long enough to remember the Oprah years. <laughs> the Oprah years. <laughs> and the only other thing I, oh yeah, on this, which is in the chorus, I forgot to tell you this, I had this little build-up thing that I found. I only used half of it, but here's the whole thing here. Oh, it's always good. And I found two Skrillex growls, Skrillex is the DJ. <laughs> And then this one. Are those actually licensed from him for the? I, I found that in some sample library that I bought. It. They're labeled wow. Skrillex Growls. I'm like, cool. So forgot those. Here's like just the end of that part. I just played with that stuff in there. 
that's it. So it sounds like it's almost like dystopian street hip hop. You know, mm -hmm. it sounds futuristic but dirty and kind of has a little ominous evil edge to it at the same time. So here we are on like verse one, for instance. It's empty. It needs mm -hmm. something. So I found this little, I thought it was a loop, I guess it could be called a loop, with this. It's like, okay, you can't have that going the whole time, so I chopped it up and made it do like every bar one and two. Well, I had to change the key to. So you park those further down your timeline. Almost just, like it's almost like you've got a garage of elements down there. Well, I did that just for this, so it's like a show. Oh, okay. Um, so here is in the song. Now it's starting to. interesting most people as a first reflex if they were just sticking their toe in the water would probably take that and just let it run oh that's a cool sound mm -hmm. but it's the fact that you just gave little flourishes of it mm -hmm. that leaves space for other stuff and I got my trusty Nexus out and made up a uh, melody which is pretty simple just found this sound and what did I do Let's see if I can remember it which is really just an octave, A flat, going I, back and forth. I hope our viewers are digging my camera work. I've got a webcam taped with packing tape to a mic stand, and I was able to actually do a pan shot. <laughs> Get your hand, and now I'm back on the full shot. <laughs> so that's that. Um, and then these, or this is pretty cool here. On the second part of the verse, I found this little loop. Oh, crap, it's not the right place. Where is it? Oh, here it is. which I added in the second part. I had to tone it down in pitch. And but this is kind of cool here. This other part, uh, I found this. This is just by itself. took that, chopped it up, and made a melody. Did a little auto-tuning on it too, because it kind of sounded funny, and added some delay, and made a melody. So is that the main melody of the whole track? It's uh, one of them. Okay. Here it is. So I played this melody for you. That third verse that comes in, that part I just played. You're building. Okay. 
So other than that, that's um, did this little bell thing here and the break. Almost like a little exorcist bell. Yeah. And let's see, turn all these on. There's other sound effects in here, like like this. Bushes, it happens like once. But other than that, I think, except this last little thing I put in here, which is kind of at the very end. Just use once at the end. Wow. And that's how the song ends with those impacts. So one of the people in the chat room says, uh, so now it sounds time consuming. It's going to be time consuming. Uh, how long would it take you? How long did it take you to build that? Um, this one would probably take about a day. All right, so... Um, and of course, I'll come back and tweak things. Depends. Um, depends on the kind of track I'm doing. Like, I was doing Real Housewives of New York was this current season, and I was doing Urban Comedy, and was doing about two tracks a day for that. But this is a bit more involved. There's a lot of more stuff. Is it safe to say that... Well, I'm not going to give a number let's have you guesstimate a number uh, okay so let's say you did two tracks in a day um, let's call them five hours of work each and you work mm -hmm. a 10 hour day over the lifetime of those cues they're going to make hundreds if not thousands of dollars potentially yeah so yeah i know it's an yeah. average you know some never earn at all some, some earn, earn like tons so I, I think uh, our mutual friend Matt Hurt once said that on, he averages about $1,000 a cue, but I can't remember if he said uh, if that was over a lifetime or in a year. I really can't remember. But in any case, the gentleman who said, well, that sounds like a lot of work, sounds well worth it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, nothing's easy in life. you got to work for it. Oh, really? You mean I, I can't whip one of these out in two hours and have it make me thousands of dollars a year? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking, about, talking about Vanderbilt. That dude, he's at like almost 300 tracks so far this year. It's wow. not even half the year. I'm like, okay, I better step in my game some. <laughs> he's a monster. He's becoming a monster. Yeah. 300, 300 tracks it's like, in 150 days. Yeah. I need to do that maybe in a year, but he's already at 300. I'm like... Okay, you suck. <laughs> how many tracks do you have out there in total? You know, you had asked me that, um, how many tracks in my catalog, and I, I answered that wrong. I was thinking my library, that I have a small boutique library, and I said a thousand, which I thought that's what you meant, or that's what I was thinking. Um, it's actually a lot more, because there's with other libraries and other this and that. You know, my ASCAP thing says 4,500. However, it's not that many, because a lot of libraries still have... Uh, 60 second version, 30 second version, 15 second version, 60 second just drums and bass, 30 bleh, whatever, goes on and on. Right. And there's this one library in New York I got stuff with, I looked at the other day, and just for one song has maybe 30 different versions all registered. Wow. So, <laughs> it's like, um, but total tracks, 
that I've done over the years, three thousand, thirty-five hundred, maybe. Okay, like so uh, it's taken you fifteen years of serious work to get up to that number. Fifteen, seventeen. Seventeen yeah. years. Um, I'm not going to disclose your actual income because that would be uncool. But uh, well, I do know that he makes more than a U.S. senator. Um, he's somewhere between a U.S. senator and the president. Speaker of the House. I'm like, right. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't made the presidents yet. But. Right. So it's a fair statement, though, that you're making a solid six-figure income, and you can take a month off. Uh, you can go on vacation. I did that when my mom passed away. Um, you know, we don't tell you, it was so stressful. I would fly back and forth to Atlanta and just see your mom pass away and everything. Um, after that, I was like, Good. I'm take some time off. So, and I still worked for a year, but I went and saw friends. I just had a good time. I was just, well, just didn't really feel like working that much. Yeah. So yeah, I took kind of a year, year and a half off. But wow. I mean, not totally. I would work some, but but now I'm back, you know, full. And the checks just kept coming. Yeah, because what I had built up for so long. And, and, and that's the thing I keep trying to tell people. I remember two years ago we did a presentation about how to retire from this uh, mm -hmm. at the road rally um, with our, our mutual friend, the other Chuck. And uh, he, easy to retire with a million dollars in the bank if you do all this stuff right and you're mm -hmm. the kind of person that's prone to saving your money and investing it um, cautiously. Um, you know, people just don't think of music as a solid retirement fund. I do. I think it's probably better than investing in stocks, but I'm not a financial advisor. You can't take my advice as the gospel, but it just makes sense that if you're doing this over a number of years, it becomes cumulative. And I'll never retire because I, I do what I love is just making music. So even once I get to retirement age, I'll still keep going because it's yeah. fun. It's and, and there's always music. a new variety of music to learn. New challenges. Exactly. Pretty cool. Um, let's do some questions about this track, and then let's move on to the tension one. Oh, boy, so I'm now back down on the floor. Oh, you know what? Play this from top to bottom one more time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, here we try everything in. I guess so. Sorry to stop it, but we talked about this before. Is like Bristol's edit points breaks. There's two right here. There's one right here. Oh, there's just nothing. Editors love that. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up because we put that in our listings with good edit points yep. and non faded button stinger endings. Mm -hmm. um, I want people to understand that edit points can, they don't have to be a rest like that. That 
is great if you can put them in there and make them some musical editors can also cut like on a kick drum at the top of a bar or a snare beat or I've heard my music chopped up to hell on TV before I'm like they cut it there yeah anything that shows a spike on a waveform can be an edit point but somebody who we've heard stuff come in from members where they put abnormally long rests in there and you think the track is over and they think that that's what's required so I want people to understand that that was a great both of those were great examples of a rest edit point versus one sound musical and natural yeah yeah they don't sound forced at all all right so questions yes that's a completed track that you were just hearing somebody asked if you're using any effects on the bus which just for people that don't know what a bus is they think it's a large yellow vehicle the bus is basically the stereo left and stereo right output that goes to the amplifier and the speakers you know it's what goes to the master fader so do you use any overall compression on your two tracks you know on your mix bus on the on the master I mean yeah sometimes not really this one just has uh, one little mastering thing on it as we're hearing it now yeah I don't know it's called vitamin from waves it's not even really doing all that much um, this particular track there's not that much that's it for the master it's a, it doesn't sound like it needs mastering because it's done well I did put an L2 on it but it was just distorting so I'm like oh screw it I won't put it on there then um, there's some delays reverb and a couple of them but this doesn't have many effects on it okay uh, what are the, the, the delays and reverbs that you do have what are they on I have reverb on this which one is this one Oops. I think it's very like this what is this that sound has a little bit of, bit of reverb on it oh okay yeah there, there. yeah um, like I said before, there was delay on this little melody thing that I made. Like on this has delay on it. Sounds great. Actually, yeah. yeah, nothing particularly like, wow, he really busted out the effects on that one. It's just nominal. All right, uh, so other questions. This one's from Mark Henley. Any good tips to take a mix like that and make it have commercial volume? My track seems significantly more quiet than commercial tracks, um, even other members' tracks who are successful. Um, That's a lot of times with mastering plugins. Like I was just talking about the L2 from Waves. Yeah. Um, Waves has some great mastering plugins, and so does I don't know what he uses. Logic has them too. Yeah. Um, Why would it? I mean, the only reason I could think of where his stuff is at a lower level is he just needs to turn it up. Could be. I, yeah. You know, it's a matter of dynamic range and. Yeah how much uh, each individual thing is limited or compressed 
and then the overall output. Um, as we learned in last week's episode, or was it two weeks ago, uh, I did one at uh, Create Music Academy. In, yeah, in, yeah, we talked about um, the signal chain, and we talked about, uh, well, God, I wish the, the phrase, um, I can't think right now, but you know, um, not, not just signal chain and unity game, but uh, you want healthy levels, but not ridiculous levels on everything in the chain, and if you do that, then every, and leave your master fader set at zero, you're gonna be shocked by how many of your individual channel faders are pretty darn close to zero as well. It, I screw up a lot too. I was, like, I was doing some tracks for a library the other day, a folder of them, and I was listening to them, and one of them was like, or t maybe one or two of the tracks were like a lot lower compared to the other ones. I'm like, oh man, why, what the hell did I do? So go back in there and boost it up. Yeah. That's hard. It's not easy to get everything just, just right. Um, do you ever listen to hip hop records uh, and go, okay, my thing doesn't sound, sounds 20% less good, Where and do a little self-analysis, like my bottom's not as fat as that record? I do that with everything. Huh? <laughs> I do it with all types of music. Yeah? Yeah, so, that, I, that, I, that I do myself. Um, and do you have a particular era of hip hop that you lean toward, or do you do, you know, 90s stuff as well as current stuff, old that, school, yeah, East I mean, Coast, West this Coast. This is more modern with, with the trap elements, but I've been doing it for so long, so I have, I guess, every era in my catalog. And there have been, actually I got a request for 90s hip hop uh, for some new MTV show um, late last year, so I had to come back and try to do 90s stuff again. <laughs> it was kind of fun. Let me get the other one. Um, let's see, I just saw a great question go by. Oh, how often do you search and buy new sounds, libraries, and plugins? Quite often. I'll, like if I'm doing a bunch of tracks, I'm like, okay, I'm bored with the sounds I have. Let me find some new stuff. So I'll go online and, like, that's good. Credit card and download it and buy it. Um, uh, it do you wake up every day and go, okay, I'm going to work and walk into this room from your, you know, you go master bedroom, kitchen, coffee, and then in here and sit down, it's your job, right? Yeah. <laughs> what a life. I mean, this is the master bedroom, but I turn it into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Man, you, you live in the dream, Chuck. Yeah, I always say my work is play. Uh, what are your favorite libraries? Uh, I mean, like sample libraries? Yeah. Um, Producer Loops has good stuff. Beatport. I think I've used Prime Loops before. Um, I used to use Big Fish a lot. Haven't in a long time. Uh, those are some of the bigger ones that I like. Um, do other composers tend to use libraries that, where all you guys start using similar stuff, it becomes a fashion item, mm -hmm. and you have to change to differentiate yourself because you fear that, oh, I'm going to sound like those other 10 composers <laughs> I know? Yeah, I try to okay. not sound like anyone else as best I can. All right. Um, 
And if you had to pick a single favorite library for somebody that, again, is leaving the world of 4-4 four, four acoustic guitar, mm -hmm. strummy, I always think of the guy on the stairwell. Uh, I think of Stephen Bishop, maybe, uh, mm -hmm. the stairwell in uh, Animal House, and Belushi <laughs> brings the guitar. Uh, so if you're leaving that guy's world and entering this world, and you had to pick one library to start with, what would it be? Well, Big Fish has been around the longest, I think. Um, that's Big Fish Audio, right? Big Fish Audio. Okay. Bigfishaudio.com. So they have a massive amount of stuff. And they have sales a lot, too. Great. All right. Um, some people... Peter Rahill is asking about Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops? Yeah, Fruity Loops. Uh, I think that's only for PC, right? I don't know, honestly. I, uh, I know is. that a lot of times people talk about it and they say it with like a wink, you know, like like it's amateur <laughs> hour. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't want to diss them. I've heard good things about it, but like I said, it's just PC. I've never had a PC. Nor have you ever been PC. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'll never happen either. <laughs> Uh, what are your favorite headphones? I don't even see headphones in this Oh, room. I put them in there to get them out of the way. Um, they <laughs> put them in pointing to a what? closet and said I put them in there to get well, them out of the way. Oh, yeah, Chuck got new speakers, <laughs> new monitors. Tell them what you got. I love them. Oh, I just got these JBL 5 inches. I don't know the model number, but they sound great. Let's swing over and get them in the shot. There they are. Bought them uh, just for this too. Yeah, and, and they're self they're self powered, right? Yeah, because I had speakers and I, I, I bought them from a friend like ten years. Well, he gave them to me to use, and he wanted them back. They were like tannoys. What the hell kind of friend is that? I know. I really. didn't take that stuff. He said he wanted to start doing music now, so I'm like, all right, now I'm back. So, I didn't have any, and then you wanted to come up here. I'm like, well, crap, I guess I better get some speakers. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll have to put the mic up to the headphones. Um. Somebody wants to know how many tracks do you typically lay into something in a production like that? Total number of tracks. Uh, for this, it could be like 30 or 40. All right, so that's, that's not, ridic not ridiculous. Because uh, a lot of them only appear once or twice in the whole thing anyway. Yeah. It's not like you have 30 or 40 things running. Yeah, everything's not going on every track the whole time. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, I think that's about it for this one. So let's move on now. Um, so Chuck's going to build a tension track now. Yeah, tension is so in demand these days for reality shows. And I just got to show how easy it is to make a decent tension track pretty fast. A lot of people assume or think that a tension track has to be like scary, like somebody's coming around a corner with a 10-inch knife in their hand. Can you explain a, a typical reality show use where a tension track might work? I just, I'm just... I mean, they're all over the place. Yeah. I always say it's when Kim Kardashian has to take the cap off a milk container. <laughs> <laughs> like, does anybody know how to do this without breaking a nail? But like, for instance, I think I... I've done a bunch of them for that show Catfish. And like when they're sneaking up to the person's house to meet for the first time, they have like this kind of 
tension music underneath because everyone's pretty tense right. for this to happen. And it's not, it shouldn't be confused with horror. No. It's just, totally it should be associated with, is your deodorant working, maybe? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. You're nervous, you're tense. Yeah. Tension. All right, so go ahead and play the track. I'm going to start from the beginning, just start building it and not play it first. I thought oh, okay. kind of cool. Go for it. Like, uh, all right, I use Omnisphere a lot for this kind of stuff. Which is a very popular library mm -hmm. for this. Uh, okay, this E-flat. So I found this sound here. That's if you had it at 120, like default tempo. So it's like jungle drum. Mm -hmm. But if you slow it down to like around, what did I put this at, 70? And play it down really low. Interesting. It bases for Actually, it gives it a lot more groove, too. Yeah. Now, what I did on this, instead of letting that thing just go the whole way constantly, let go. Take it off. Give it a little room to breathe. Mm -hmm. And then add it on the octave a little bit. So it actually builds. So, anyways, here's those parts that part. Okay. So on here in bar five, I'm like, all right, time to put some more stuff in there. I like my favorite things for this type of music is called rev. It has a lot of reverse sounds. Okay. And um, there's so many different uh, call settings that you can do and tweak the sounds in a million different ways. So usually what I do is just go randomly pick out one from this column, one from that column, and if it comes out good, then great. So this is what I picked out for this. It has there's different. Good. Anyways, so that's on what is that? E. Oh, whatever it is. Oh, B. Underneath that, I brought in another sound on R8. So it builds and gets more tense. And all these are either single notes or chords. You're not actually playing those figures. That's all done with some yeah, sort of moving. Yeah, it's, it's, it's from red. That okay. Thing. So here's when it comes in. Structure. Okay, then use jazz chords. 
So if I remember what I played here, let's see. So I've came up with some kind of cool, scary, not scary, but. <laughs> sound like you're scoring mm -mm. a picture. It sounds like a score that's not scored. It's not scored. <laughs> just meet that real quick. All right, so let's see what we got. Right, came out and just fix it. <laughs> okay. um, another thing that you hear a lot about these days with tension, they call it ticking tension. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. The passage of time, how much longer am I going to mm -hmm. be sweating? Yeah. So I found this here sound. Uh, why is that not on? Oh, that Let me make that right on. Why is that off? Well, I'll just play it for you here. Um, hold on. So I basically played those same chords. Turn it up a little bit. Played the same chords. And by itself, it's not that much, but in the in the track and get that ticking sound. Oh, 
Show you the difference. Alright, this I use Omnisphere for. Let's just clean this up. Sorry, it took me so long. Keyboard. There it is. All right, they're talking about beer in the chat room. They're good. Cool. <laughs> I found this one sound. Drain block. It's very pretty. It's too pretty, right? Mm -hmm. All right. The one thing that I think is so, one of the things I love about Omnisphere is you can go in to the to the effects and just change all sorts of stuff up. There's one plugin that they have inside Atmosphere called Innerspace, which just hundreds of different settings and effects that you can choose. Also one that said ghost piano. I'm like, ooh, that might be kind of cool. See the difference? something do you think in terms of it's not completing the emotion I'm going for or do you think it needs more, more of an ending more okay. of a definitive ending so reverse stuff is always cool you're um, big on the reverse stuff you've mentioned it several times today. oh yes uh, let's listen to this I found this reverse symbol oh crap that's not So you're almost doing sound design when you add stuff like that. Yeah. And one last thing that I put in there. It always works. Let me just get that out of there real quick. Is reverse piano. Let me show you how to do that. Get a clip track. So just play a big old chord down there. Not a chord, but.
done for about four bars. Alright, got it. Take that obnoxious click off. <laughs> Let's see. While he's working on that, yes, uh, somebody's asking, Robin Laguna is asking, is it okay to use reverb um, on stinger endings or button endings? To, yeah. yeah, I mean. Yeah, I just did right there. It just make sure that when you mix that you've got your monitors turned up loudly enough that you can make sure that that reverb tail is all the way out before you stop tape as it yeah. were. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then we put that on, well, not tape, but right. I'm still used to saying that. Let's see if that's... It's, it makes more sense when you say it, even though it's not tape. <laughs> so let's do that. So we can actually see the waveform going for three, almost four, four bars right there. Okay. All right. Clip off that one. <coughs> the last little bit there. Grab it. Turn it around. Where is it? Oh, way down here. Reverse. Booyah. There it is. And there. Sorry. That puts some reverb on there too. So basically, that's play it one time uh, without the reverb, so that they can hear okay. the difference with and without, because it makes a big, pretty big emotional impact. Yeah. Let me get to it. Without. It just quits. Yeah. With it, it's like. I think it makes a, a really big difference. One of them is more of a sound effect, the other one's more mm -hmm. musical. So here's the ending with those two things I have. So it just starts out sparse and gradually builds.
tracks do you think you've got in that production? Quite that many. Let me count. Uh, one, the count is no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. All right, so ten tracks. I could hear that thing getting used all the time. I mean, it, it's there's some tension, like um, again, Kim Kardashian trying to get the cap off. <laughs> it, it's almost comedic tension. Whereas this is more, this could be somebody waiting to find out uh, what's going to happen, like on one of the restaurant shows. What is the chef? What's his name going to say about you know? Or, uh, about finding cockroaches in the kitchen. <laughs> it, it could be about a relationship thing on catfish, um, hunting somebody down. It, it's got a whole range of things that it could be used for. And tension is huge. So I want to do one of those tracks too, because it's using so many reality shows these days. Yep. Reality doesn't feel like it's going away anytime soon. No, every, new, every day I see a new show that's being made. I'm like, really? Yeah. It's, it's interesting that like Netflix, HBO, Showtime, Amazon Prime, those networks are starting to come out with the more serious shows mm -hmm. and it's almost like uh, the older cable nets have become almost all reality at this point and the networks, uh, traditional broadcast networks do a lot more reality than they used to. So. Um, all right, any questions from you guys? We've got a little less than 10 minutes before we wrap this up. Very nice cue, Chuck. Uh, well done. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much for sharing. Uh, how long was that cue, time-wise? Let's find out. It's not that long. Um, With the reverb tail, a minute 30. A what, which minute? is a perfect... Minute 30? That's perfect cue length. Yep. Uh, what sort of mix, minus, or stems would you give them from this? Uh, tracks like this where there's not much going on, um, it would be hard to say. I probably would, um, I'd have to, I'd, I'd have to play it with different parts taken out and see if it actually works. Right. Because of a, a minus mix doesn't really make sense on its own and I won't do it. Um, well, this would have to stay that first part because that's the whole way through the song. That, that sound. Uh, maybe the chordal stuff. Do one with that. Right, it's fairly stripped it's down hard. as yeah, it there's is. There's not yeah. much you can take out <laughs> and still have it work. Um, I see you guys talking about, uh, no, my band, just so you guys know uh, in the chat room, my bandwidth is full bars on this end. Um, it's my new internet? Oh yeah, don't forget to, no, I think your internet's fine. I, um, I, I swear it's the Ustream stuff. My, my computer oh. is strong, your internet is super fast. Um, you're welcome. Uh, people are saying thank you for a great show. Let's give a book away. So here's what we're going to do is anybody, if you've already cop got a copy, thank you, Chuck. Uh, if you've already got a copy of Shortcuts to Hit Songwriting by Robin Frederick, um, 
you know, don't don't enter unless you're dying to get one and give it to somebody you know. Um, and what we're gonna do is I'm gonna say one, two, three, go, and then you guys type in <laughs> plus one. Then I'm gonna run my finger down the chat room list and I'll pick somebody off of that. It's not all that scientific, but it works. So here we go. Get ready. Uh, one, two, three, go. <laughs> doom, 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 okay. doom, doom, doom. Yeah. Come on, plus ones. Here they come. All right. All right. Shutting my eyes, running my finger down the thing. A R A Z Roan. A-Z Roan, you are the big oh, winner. Yeah. Gotta play so, the, the... What? The, the oh. applause. I don't know which one it is. Yeah, A-Z Roan, you are the big winner. <laughs> All right, um, A-Z, you need to send... I'm guessing uh, you're from Arizona, maybe? Um, you need to send um, your email address to matt, M-A-T-T, at taxi.com and say, hi, this is AZ Roan, I won the book, oh, put it in your subject line, book winner, Taxi TV, and Matt will send you out a copy of the book. Congratulations, you're gonna love it, it's a great book. Um, with that, I would like to say uh, thank you very much, Chuck. Um, you know, people are sitting here going, man, he's so good at that stuff. Uh, yeah, he is. Oh, hush. <laughs> but, you know, the point is well taken. He's practiced this for a very long time and become very proficient. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah. You can't let the fear of the unknown be the thing that stops you from starting. You just got to put one foot in front of the other, and someday you will be good enough to hang out, drink wine with Chuck at the Road Rally, yeah. and talk about production. <laughs> no, can be no fear. No fear of success, no fear of whatever. No yeah. fear of failure. All the years I've known you, I've never seen you unhappy other than when your mom passed away. And it's because you do what you love. Mm -hmm. Man, what a treat to be able to walk into this room every day and just make music for a living. And a really Thank good living. I mean, much. like, doctor, lawyer, income. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> so congratulations, Chuck. Um, thank you guys for watching. Uh, they're all saying, Chuck, uh, thank you. Thank you. I'll see y'all at the rally. Yeah, that's right. November 2nd through the 5th Come in on. Los Angeles. Um, thank you guys for watching. What do you want this? Chuck, if you could do the applause. <laughs> see you uh, in two weeks. Remember, next week we're off for the holiday. If you could hold on to that, i got to do some logging off stuff here. Mr. Chuck Henry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>